five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA, and we're talking with Stephen Yu today, one of my very favorite authors at Adweek. And we're going to talk a little further about maybe it be the paralysis of analysis, I think. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Okay, good. Death by metrics. <laughs> Death by metrics. Yeah, I, okay, I was... Yeah. <laughs> I was rereading that article that I posted along with this with this uh, article on uh, if you if you if your analytics aren't giving you the answers you want, maybe you need more analytics. Maybe which you have course, to ask questions again. <laughs> yeah, which which didn't seem to be the the prescription, you know. Uh -huh. and, it's like if you don't feel good after all these drugs, take more drugs, you know. Oh boy. But doctors do that for you. <laughs> I know. I know. So I was rereading my article that I posted, and there's this there's this problem that I don't think enough analysts address. You know, back in the 80s, we were all enamored with the idea that if you don't, you will you'll never control what you don't measure. And I think we flipped the logic around and felt that it entailed then if we measure everything, we will control it. Which of course so doesn't, <laughs> doesn't follow at all, right? And and so you and I you and I spent a little time going back and forth and and I and I said, you know, you can't you can't predict the future with historical data you you can you know you can have educated guesses but that's about as far as you get that's and, the limit of predictive analytics is it's only based on the data that you have in the past so if something drastic happens you'll be all off <laughs> that's right it's only the past though and and we think because we can predict the flight of a cannonball or something that we can predict marketing and pe people don't understand yeah. that science works on an iterative process that generates an explanation for a phenomenon right. and then over enough time gets a theory built mm -hmm. that basically, if not explains a process, it, at least it defines it. And mm. yet with human behavior, that's extremely elusive, right? Of course. In economics, we say that all the time. Say, with all things being equal, this theory will hold. But but when does that happen? <laughs> when all the other things stay at hold, doesn't happen. But with the human behavior, thank goodness that some people, or maybe a majority of people, are creatures of habits. So there are certain things we can predict. Like, yeah, that guy is a bargain seeker. Now, that's not going to change overnight. That's a really but good that's... variable that almost nobody calculates I, I do that all the time with i do too we did yeah <laughs> we we found out why and what and some people don't buy anything off price they like oh, exactly unless there's a free shipping or to 10 percent discount they will not budge right so, <laughs> so why are you sending your sale catalog to those people 
exactly. and why are you bothering with your full price catalog to the bargain hunters exactly all the but then all the opposite of that is uh what, what about somebody's a cutting edge uh, say early adopter or bragger that you know what i have the latest and the best phone in the world type of thing and he doesn't care for the discount but if you throw the discount at him he may take it oh of course but why not that such personality or the affinity type of things may stay on hold for a while. A good example of that, but, but if it's a product affinity, it may or may not work because I used to be an avid golfer and I stopped playing golf about seven years ago. So now if somebody did not update my data, they may think that I'm still a golfer. Right. Not. Well, the other thing is merit, um, which is like sales incentives. They would send out little mm -hmm. catalogs and stuff. They they wanted me to they wanted to hire me to predict what gift people would redeem with the points. Oh, okay. And I said, hmm, okay, let's just hypothetically, let's say you knew I was a golfer. You have golf clubs in that redemption thing, right? Sure. Am I more or less likely to redeem golf clubs if I'm a golfer? That's tricky because if you're an avid golfer, you will have very specific brand that you want that you will probably not redeem some free golf clubs. Exactly. On. Your oh, interest yeah. could work exactly the opposite of what everybody Sometimes. says. That's you know, right. if I'm an avid musician or if I'm an avid golfer, I'm not going to buy, I'm not going to, you know, get a free set of golf clubs, not for me. I might yeah. get them for my kids. You know, that's right. But I, although but, there's no beginner's guitar, by the way. <laughs> what? But, but that there's no beginner's guitar. For example, a guitar that's in tune is a guitar in tune. There's yeah. no beginner's guitar that is just cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> it's gotta be a good one. Well, but you're I, right. I mean, yeah, but the action is a lot of times yeah. stiffer on the, you know. Of course, of course. But um, but what I mean is um, all those things that we predict, and the way I see the world is that. In fact, when I talk to my client, I make sure that, you know what, this is a guesswork, educated guess based on numbers, but it's not 100% true. So right. when you use it, probably you should say, okay, I'm not sure for, I'm not 100% sure, but I think you would like this product. Can we give them a gentle nudge instead of knowing that, I mean, pretending that you know what they want? So that way, one, it is not, offensive it's more innocuous that way too people they get less scared about oh my god how much uh, do they know about me right but we don't want to raise that flag <laughs> right like amazon always says people who bought this also bought there's uh, no yeah <laughs> there's no implication that they know you at all and in fact they don't uh i mean they know they don't because they know all this stuff i mean they know a lot that's right they don't yeah. i can't predict what i'm going to want next I mean, it's, 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 and also it's a game of probability. And I, a lot of times, by the way, when, when I buy a mouse, say I, this is for real life story, I bought this mouse from amazon.com. Okay. And then guess what? For the next two weeks, they showed me nothing but mice. <laughs> I'm like, Hey guy, you're way off on this thing. I don't, do I don't, I, work or something? I, I only do private browsers on Amazon. I don't even, I oh, don't even do? want them to know who I am. <laughs> Actually, I do because I guess I, I'm a believer of a personalization even when I'm the subject. 
Well, that's true. We want to see what they I do. I want to be surprised. It's like, for example, I let everything about myself known to Facebook. No, Just right. to see if their ads got more personal. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking, no, in the name of personalization, they are annoying me personally, really. That's what yeah. they're doing. I, I, uh, I know how Amazon actually built that first product recommendation engine. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's cool, yes. Yeah, what they did was they took when an item first launched, uh -huh. they would look for when somebody bought it and another item. Oh, sure. And they had like, five so, buckets, yeah. mm -hmm. just five buckets just of five. whatever the first five items were that were bought mm -hmm. along with that item. And they wouldn't even, they would just leave it alone. Sure, and they ranked them. And, and it could be, yeah. no, they didn't even worry about it. They didn't do that? Yeah, that was later. Later they said, oh, well, how, what's the most common item that's bought with this? Yeah, but, yeah that's what I mean. Like most no, but at first they didn't. They, they didn't, didn't even, do that? No, they didn't bother. They just said, people who bought this also bought that. And they just took that's the it. first five instances, and it was zero computing power. Interesting. Yeah. See, sometimes, uh, see, you don't have to be a mathematician to come up with those rules. Can you, you imagine how much cheaper it is to build that? Well, you can improve upon certain things, yes. But yes, uh, by the way, it's not just cheaper. And then sometimes I say this to uh, a lot of my clients that one, not all questions deserve modeling. <laughs> because you got to look at the size of the universe. It's like if you're so small, just make up some rules and get on with it. A lot, I say that a lot uh, about B2B market like that. Because how many sales lead do you have? Do you really need a lead scoring system? <laughs> just call whatever, right? I'll give you some variables to rank by, but that's it. And two, models, like you said, is a predictor based on the past behavior. Sometimes you have to think out of the box. So even when you hire uh, a modeler, and I'm doing that with one, one of my clients right now, these guys set up a new type of, um, I cannot even say what type of product that is, unless so it's just a new product, okay? Okay. Which is similar to the past product, but not exactly the same. So the model will not work. So we found two of the similar products, built two models and tested. But at the same time, we've made new segments of people based on profiles and the little number of uh, the buyers that we had, analyzed them and made up some rules. And we're gonna test like five, four or five sales like that in the upcoming mailing next week, because the model we have admitted that, you know what, when something is totally new, there's a limit to it. Let's not pretend that we can predict all those things. Now, if something is winner, and by the way, I love the fact that we're doing five cell tests because if you do one or two and that fails, there's nothing to talk about. Mm -hmm. When you try five things, no hypothesis, right? Well, then something the will things, work, something will not work. You know, have something yeah, one of the things that, that I've done, because I work <laughs> mostly with catalog companies, right. um, is we'll do like a, four-page signature, just a really small little insert, like right at the middle of the catalog, and show the, those items to some of the people uh, and see and see who buys it, you know, and then we can model after that. It's not, it's not a great exactly. model because it, we don't send it to everybody usually, <clears throat> although you can because mm -hmm. it's not very expensive to do that. Just do the ride along. You can even blow in a postcard on a, you know, on a unique item and it costs. Sure. Nothing. 
yeah. I love the idea of trying something, get the responders, and get to the real response model. That, yeah, and sometimes, yeah. like we introduced, um, we worked. Our longest running client was Baseball Express, and you know oh, they nice. sold baseball equipment. Uh -huh. And they, along the way somewhere, they decided they wanted to put out a girls' fast pitch softball catalog. Mm. So we we said, well, do you have any items that are pretty likely to be bought by or for girls? You know. Mm. And they said, yeah, we got a couple. We got a, a batting helmet with a hole in the back for the ponytail. Oh, nice. Okay. And we have a pink bat and pink batting gloves. Nice. Or something. There was like only three or four. But we said, okay, yeah. well, let's take all of those. Let's take those items. We'll, we'll mm -hmm. create a variable called girl items or something. And we'll see who buys those and see if we can find other people like that in mm. the in the uh we didn't we didn't do the gender thing because half the time that's wrong anyway and and especially if it's your dad buying it for your you know i had three daughters playing baseball so exactly. i so i would be the customer and what good is that you know exactly. but but i would be interested in it and and so we profiled we profiled those items uh geodemographically which also picked up maybe there's a lot more we did find that there were certain kinds of baseball were played in different zip codes a lot a lot I different see. Oh, really? um, yeah <laughs> we it's created a is the baseball baseball no matter where you go no no we created it <laughs> really? but south korea yeah. is good for baseball there uh, yeah I, I grew up with baseball yeah, yeah. and yeah. so anyway we we could we could profile a zip code's propensity <laughs> to be you know boys fast pitch or or girls fast pitch or or like Chicago has this weird kind of softball that they play with a big mm. huge ball and nobody wears baseball gloves. Oh, it's, I think I've seen it in a It's like only played in Chicago, I think. But anyway, we built so we built all kinds of screw, screwy variables for these people and uh, it turned out it actually worked. Most of it worked. It's pretty funny. See, that's what I'm talking about. Sometimes you don't know until you try. And and I guess that's no matter where I go, I, I always ask that question. Tell us, just don't give us, just build this model or build that model or create this rule or that. Can I hear about what you really want to do? Yeah. What is your goal anyway? You want to sell particular products to certain regions or a group of people, or you just want to expand your uh, market space or your footprint or have uh, some longevity in your membership? Or what are you trying to do? Because all these statements I call problem statements require a different kind of data. For example, if somebody wants to hold back all these people who are waning away, well, you probably need to have a lot of time series variable to predict that timing of the, you know, quitting, right? It's or hard. if you just want to, it is hard. I, I want to know hard. about that before <laughs> we get into the whole database building. That, oh, well, you needed the time series variable. We didn't build it because you didn't tell us the prediction of the churn is not important. You didn't tell us that. So um, so that type of a problem statement always helps, I think, that sometimes, whether you may have thousand variables, but to answer certain questions, like why aren't they coming for the second time? This is a one-time buyer analysis, for example. 
Well, then you don't need to carry the whole baggage of past history. Just go after people who just bought once and understand them and maybe want to append some data to these people and whatnot. But you don't have to carry the whole mountain to answer a few questions. Yeah. So my goal is always, let's answer more questions than less. Yeah. And keep it. That becomes a process. That process requires automation maybe later in the future if you do it enough, right? And that's how you grow, not, oh, let's just build everything. It doesn't quite work. And I blame the consultants who met them first. Like, who did you talk to in the beginning? How, how could you? That's like saying that, you know what? I uh, I just got into a company. I just assumed this role. And you know what? I'm going to solve every problem that you have. You know what? That guy's not going to last. <laughs> no, and there's no sense of priority. I no. I got asked by a fishing company. They said uh -huh. they they would send you a book. It was a membership thing. They would send you a book about a particular species. And... Oh. They sent me a book about a particular species that I hate fishing for. It's the most boring fishing in the world, I think. And mm -hmm. they said, well, why don't you build a model, you know, by zip code to tell us what book to send to people? And I said, well, let's see. In my zip code, my neighbor at the end of the driveway likes to go to uh, likes to go to Lake Ontario, <laughs> which is, hmm. you know, hundreds of miles away and fish for this kind of fish you think I want to fish for. Uh, my other neighbor uh, down the street, he likes to go to Costa Rica and fish on the western coast of so Costa Rica uh, hmm. for sport fishing, you know, deep sea fishing. And my favorite is along the docks in Florida, on the west side of Florida for that particular kind of fish. And I said, there's no sense to this. You know, we have a pretty prosperous zip code. We can go anywhere we want right. for whatever kind of fish we want. Here's an idea. When they join your club, why don't you, why don't you send them a postcard and say, what kind of fish do you like to fish for? Just ask. Yes. I, I had a similar experience with uh, one of the supermarket chains. And we did a whole area study and all this, like, propensity <laughs> to do what and with all that. And then, and then they, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, we don't understand why some people drive 60 miles to our store from their location. Like, first of all, first of all, we're in a prediction business for who would do what, right? Or what would they do? That's so relatively simpler, right? Now, if you ask me when they're going to do things, yeah, the oh. guy is uh, very prone to have a cruise ship trip, but when is that going to be? I don't know. It could be next summer, it could be this Thanksgiving, I don't know, right? It's hard to do. Yeah. The hardest thing to predict, and I told him, is why? I don't, we don't get to know why. Oh, we don't get to know. We don't even know why. You know, branding know why is all I... about impulse <laughs> buys, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> on a strategic level, though, I, I heard a study, this was done in Korea, by the way, by a big manufacturer of these things, that this company built a really small uh, washer and dryer set uh, to target single people. Like, yeah, well, it's a single family household, so maybe he doesn't have any big load of washing. Wrong. They, These single people do not want to do laundry, so their load is quite large. <laughs> right. Yeah, we throw it all in, and I didn't know to separate colors until I got married. Oh, me too. Sex roll, anyway. So the answer is, yeah, sometimes when you're in a strategic planning way, then you have to answer why, right? But when you try to sell one-on-one -on -one to find the target for your product or service, let's not ask why. Let's talk about who and when 
not even when maybe, who and what, and be good at it. And sometimes, and most times, it will work, and you will sell more than you used to. That's the whole game. It's not about understanding everything about the right. person's motivation. And, and also, I mean, I've had my biggest successes probably have come when I figured out who wasn't in the market. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, you can. It's, <laughs> it's, it's way easier to figure out who isn't going to buy a Lexus, you know, than who is, right? Yes, uh, of course. We can rule people out and say, well, they just can't afford it. <laughs> I want to both actually filter the obvious non-buyers. Yeah. But the example that I use all the time is that: Do you really believe that the difference between a Mercedes buyer and a Lexus buyer are income? No. <laughs> You no need way. a model. No. You need a model yeah. or preference type of affinity stuff. And how do you do it? We have enough empirical data. We can even go to Simmons or uh, whatever the panel data that we have and just compare those two buyers. Like maybe while at it, Toyota, Lexus, Hyundai, Audi, just compare them all. You can do those things, but that's what I mean. I don't like uh, post-select too much when my customers try to do that, I say, yeah, you're going to ruin the model that we just built. But I like your idea about pre-select. Let's filter out and, and let's not be selective here. Yeah, when disqualification is way easier than qualification. Oh, my God. And yes. you never hear anybody say that. They're all, oh, we'll, we'll do look-alike modeling and we'll find it. No, no. Almost never works. <laughs> not only that, uh, I used to help out this male lapel company in my eye behavior days. And, um, and they wanted to do the gender select. I said, you know what? I don't like the word gender select because I'll tell you why. <laughs> now, name like Aisha. If you put that name into your database, do, would the database know that she's female? I don't think so. You have a lot of unknowns. So you're going to ignore all the unknowns by selecting male only. Why don't we, okay, if you're so interesting that you want to do something, let's suppress obvious female only. Then build a model, and maybe we'll find more propensity. But let's not get into a habit of just selecting things. And then when you do the omission, people are more careful about it too. It's like, you know what? Let me just omit very obvious non-buyers. You don't go crazy with that Fletcher rules. And then let the math work the way out in that universe of this pre-select. And then build a model again. Well, you'll like this one. I yeah. did work for a record company. Mm -hmm. And they told me they had a little catalog and they but they said, we don't care if it makes any money because we sell most of our CD. This is back to CDs. You know, we sell most of yeah. our CDs at retail. So we just want to drive traffic. We just want to make people more aware of our assortment of artists. And they actually bound in <clears throat> a, a CD sampler in the little catalog. Nice. And so the first question I asked him was, did you ever think, because it was thick enough, you couldn't tell there was a CD in it. Did you ever think of putting a sticker on there saying free CD enclosed, music CD enclosed or sandwich? And they said, <laughs> they said, well, we thought about it, but we didn't want to do it because we thought people might steal them. And I said, you mean Wait, like you're spreading, trying to spread the words and they're, they're giving it away free and they're afraid <laughs> that people will steal them. I said, you mean like oh, people who like to listen to music? Oh my Only God, people so who want to listen to music would steal them. That's like a takeaway brochure in any store. Yeah, it's free. yeah I know, absolutely. Reason. So then they said, 
you know, they said, well, and, and we, we know from our research that, that our customers are 35 to 55, uh, high income, high education male. How did they we, come up with that? But we rent, I don't know. I didn't ask, but they said, <laughs> we rent those lists and we get lousy, terrible results. Nothing happened. I, yeah. And you know, you try not to laugh in their face. It's, it's like, well, okay. So there's 14 million of those just out of the box. Uh, maybe they don't like your music or maybe they don't even know about oh your my. music. You know, yeah. I said, you know, how many of these little CD hummers do you get rid of in a year? And they said, oh, 4 million. And I said, do you ever think of putting a little card in there and say, you know, we have a free catalog with a sample that are enclosed, you know, they got 600,000 requests for catalog and oh they my. got a 15% response, 90,000 new direct to consumer buyers. Wow. <laughs> no cool. modeling involved. And that's what I mean. It's not always about math. It's about what you say, how you match what they want with your offers right. or your creative. I just wrapped up an incredible conversation with, with uh, Steve and you. We, we talked for two hours. So I'm not sure how I'll pour, pour, pour this into my editor and, and see what happens. But uh, it was just it's so fun to talk with people that have real experience handling data and trying to make uh, make incremental benefit to the clients. Uh, we just had a super time and I just think the world of, of Steven. So I hope you enjoyed this show. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Boy, on this one, this is, you're getting some real, real top-notch material from Steven. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye.